Hello there and welcome to the post-open episode of the Sith Takers Snapshots podcast. Said at that time without swearing. I'm your <laughs> host today, Rich Polly, and joining me, we're all in fine fettle. It's Liam Baker. Bonjour. We, or should I all... say Oh, I forgot it. Never mind, I'll say it later. <laughs> Once you remember how to say big boobies in German. Oh, I, don't, I know how to say that already. <laughs> All right. Uh, we've also got joining us Ben Hibbert. Hello. Hello, mate. Uh, T O H Jordan. It's something. It been badonkadonks, if I remember rightly. No, badonkadonks translates. <laughs> badonkadonks does not have a German translation, so you That's just why say you can just say the same word. Yeah. It's fine. Because uh, we're adults. Liam's like a teenage boy going on a school trip to Berlin. He's like, can you, so teach me how to say... <laughs> can you teach me how to say rude things, please? In um, fairness, oh... though, the two guys who taught him that were also very proud of it. <laughs> My <laughs> defence... No defence. Funwalk taught me how to say I love. I already knew what Dekatetan was. We <laughs> just got a group of German listeners just going, why do they keep saying boobies just over and over again? Uh, no. Because like, <laughs> <Big>. infants. <laughs> Big boobies. Okay. Um, also joining us today, give a bit of a chat, uh, is producer Tim. Good evening. Hello. So you've got the four of us today. The pleasure um, is all ours. Um <laughs> having you here so um thank you very much everybody um who attended the sith take open this weekend gone. Um, <laughs> we think it went really well um and from the feedback that we've seen so far we we think that you did too and um, we will send out the the typical email asking for feedback because year on year we're able to improve um i have to give a massive thanks to ben um and also to sean and johnny uh, for running kind of the, the main event on day one, uh, simply because uh, it then meant that I could play. Um, so we'll get into how we did and stuff in a little bit, and we'll talk about the, the event as a whole as well in a little bit. But I just wanted to lead in with just a massive thanks to uh, the team of three for running things so smoothly on Saturday morning. Uh, well, nice. all of Saturday, really. It's only fair you got to play one time, I guess. No, thank <laughs> you. Uh, and also massive thanks to Matt Holt and uh, Oliver Taylor, whatever is posh son. I can't say his, I can't say his nickname right now. Savile, <laughs> <laughs> Oliver Taylor Holmes. That's it. Um, for running like the uh, the ten point event on day two as well. Because uh, both of them are thirteen year old girlfriend. <laughs> most of them, <laughs> stop it. Most of them are, but uh, oh, both of them are relatively newish players. They've been playing uh, X Wing for just over a year, um, and uh, yeah, they've. Uh, they've basically stepped up and said we've had a cool idea for a side event can we run it at the sto and we were like yeah crack on let's go so he did a really good job actually didn't he as much yeah. as i wind him up yeah and we have to thank josh uh bradwell as well for bringing out his expert 40k um event organizer skills with rolls of masking tape for taping off mats so the right size for the games um because he went round and did about 30 in about five minutes. It was just like, <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah, it would have taken a lot longer if he hadn't been there just going, just give me the tape, I'll do it for you, it'll be fine. Um, so, yeah. And it stayed on as well, which is impressive. Yeah, yeah, so it was good. Um, so, um, yeah, um, just like, so like, first off, we'll, well, I've done that bit now. We'll lean in with saying congratulations to our new Sith Taker Open champion. Uh, we had a new one this year. 
um, because our defending champion, Fan, didn't attend. Um, boo. Uh, so instead, we got a brand new <laughs> and exciting uh, champion, which is Corentin Roux from French France. Uh, so what other type of France is there? Uh, there's Canadian France. They're... That's not really France, though, is it? They just stole the language. <laughs> French Canadian. <laughs> um, so, yeah, congratulations to Corentin uh, for taking the win. We'll talk through his list and stuff uh, later on. Um, we were going to ask Corentin to come on the podcast, but then we realized that we would need a translator for basically the three of us so that he could understand us because his English is decent enough for us to understand, but our French is not good enough for him. Uh, and our English, to be honest, is a little bit too weird. Um, <laughs> but um, we might see if we can get him on a little bit later once we've had an opportunity to arrange for somebody who speaks French and English fluently to, to kind of hobble together what might be passable content. We'll have to try and figure it out. Um, so yeah, congratulations to Corentin and also congratulations to Tom Fieldsend, who we've had on the podcast in the past, um, who has flown the ship that he loves. Um, religiously for about eight years um and came second so uh, with a, a an interesting ray list which we'll again talk about in a little bit um so yeah th that was our top table so well done to them um in terms of general event stuff ben how did it go from your perspective how was your first time to in a biggie um it's a bit daunting at first i'm not gonna lie you know because it's always run so well um, you don't want to go in there and mess it up, do you? Like the first one that goes wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's the that that I had that fear of failure two years ago. I was like, yeah. ooh, <laughs> three years ago. Um, but yeah, I, I guess it keeps you on your toes, doesn't it? Because even next year, I'll probably feel the same. Um, yeah. but to be honestly, once once you've got it up and going and we've got started, it just relatively runs itself. And most judge calls are arc checks. Yeah. Or really like stupid, simple questions that we all know and forget. And it just throw those are the ones that throw you off. Like someone said to us, uh, when you land on a, a debris, do you take damage for a hit? We're all like, Ugh. yeah. <laughs> but that yeah. like brief moment it throws you off. Because yeah. you're you're expecting more complex questions and it just yeah, it usually just, isn't that. One tournament somebody asked. Or was it range bonus from proton torpedoes if you were defending them at range three? And I was like, I'm sure you don't. And the other guy on the table was like, you don't. And I was like, like, I'm sure you don't. And he was going, <laughs> I thought you did. And I was like, no, you don't get, no, you don't. But like, you have to take that second and like yeah. recalibrate your brain because you're just like, what? Okay, let me just think about that, and you know, but it's fine. But yeah, I think it, it's more that you just don't want to give the wrong answer. Yeah, exactly. and it's like so obvious in your head, like it can't be that easy. <laughs> it's one of those things though, where if someone's like, if someone's to say to me like, Liam, two plus two is four, isn't it? And I'm like, you're trying to trick uh, me. Uh, I'm like, <laughs> I think. Let me get a calculator. I know this. I'll get this right. And I'm like, yeah, it is. Why, why did I check? But because it's so simple, it makes you question if you've missed something or something's off. So it always shows that element of the joke. You wonder yes. if it's a joke. That's the thing, right? <clears throat> Sometimes. Uh, but anxiety so, yeah. is real. Yeah. <laughs> 
But again, yeah. like I say, mostly arc checks um, are just simple little things like it's not too bad. There's yeah, a couple of like hard decisions we all had to make. There's a couple of times we sort of all pulled together and had a quick discussion about something. Yeah. But mostly it runs itself. It's one of those things I think a lot of players turn up to the events prepared because we kind of say, look, this is a premier level event. You're expected to not just kind of have a vague knowledge about how the game is played, but also to have a deep understanding of the rules, yeah. particularly for the list that you're using. So if you get to the point where somebody starts doing something, I'm sure Tim could baffle people for literally days with the triggers and stuff in his list. Um, but it's one of those things where, you know, you, you kind of, unless something really doesn't smell right, you kind of just go, okay, well, I don't understand your list as well as you do. So you do your triggers. And unless something goes really weird, I'm just going to take it on faith that you're not trying to pull the wool over my eyes sort of thing. So, yeah, it's good. Good. Well, I uh, from what everybody said to me, um, it went incredibly smoothly. And from a player perspective for me, it was like, if anything, it was a bit too fast for me because I was trying to chat and moving around from table to table. And, you know, I was always starting a couple of minutes after the timer had started because we were still doing rocks and ships and stuff. But, um, yeah, it was uh, that's just me not being used to the pace of tournament running <laughs> at Element Games, really, I guess, because um, that's the speed that we always run things at. We're always yeah. fast. So, um, yeah. It's also another big thing for me was because I was TOing. I got to actually speak to a lot more people. Like sometimes when I'm there, even though there's people in the room who I'm uh, not just people I know, but usually it's people, you know, you just don't get a chance to see them and you feel like you've hadn't seen anyone, but they've been there all weekend because we're yeah. walking around, you get the chance to see like your friends, meet new people. So it, it was good. Yeah. I love, I love Tio and rounds four and five on the kind of bottom couple of rows of tables where the people are on one win or zero wins and at that point they're just you know half cut because they've been to the bar a few times and <laughs> you know they just want to chat and then you get people whose games finish early you know floating about so you can always just grab a little conversation with somebody where when you're playing you're focused on that one person and like I think my regret this year was again on the on the Saturday night I had to pick who to go and sit with or who to eat food with and it was like but there's so many people that i know from online and that i know from previous events that i want to hang out with i barely spoke to any of the actual local sith takers this weekend i like genuine and i was like i mean we are all bad people well i felt bad about it when i realized <laughs> like, on, on sunday afternoon i felt so bad that i just hadn't given any time to the guys who you know that's our club because i was so busy trying to catch up with people that I don't see every Tuesday. So it was, yeah, it was bizarre. But anyway. Um, to be fair, was... I actually got to have a beer with you. You don't usually drink me and you went to the pub and had a few pints. I know, I know. And I didn't buy that you one. Nice. I feel bad. It's all right. I literally only bought one drink in that pub. <laughs> okay, don't worry then. about it. Like, people were just <laughs> buying me drinks. And oh, I, got, um, I got to the... Uh, and got... it's half price, isn't it? So. Is it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, it's like a, it's the... like a pound for a bottle of beer for me. I was okay about it. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it got, yeah, got yeah. to the point where the um, the staff and element were kind of saying to us, can you um, just let us know if you're buying for other people as well as yourself? And we were like, yeah, this is one drink for me and three drinks for other people. And we're like, okay, we'll have to start charging the full price for the beer for other people. It's like, that's that's fine. That's okay. <laughs> that's good. Um, so, yeah, it was great. Um 
cool. Well, I'm glad you had a good time, Tio, and as well. I really enjoy doing it. So um, we're I'll tell you what is good. Be... Sorry, go on, Rich. I was going to say we're probably going to be arguing about who gets to Tio next year. <laughs> well, we can both do it if you don't want to play. <laughs> so what are you going to say? We can do a dual announcement. We can like say every other word together just to make it even more hard to understand. Um, no, I was just saying it's nice as well, like because the way we spread um, prize support out, it's nice to give things to people who don't necessarily get the bigger prizes always, you know, because some people just literally turn up to have fun. They're not really that bothered about Doom, or they'll bring a list they've made themselves, or ships they just like to fly that they know aren't the best ships, but they just like them. You know, like me with the um, Rampage, not Rampage, what's it called now? Heavy. Yeah, the Heavy. I just like playing with it. I know it's not the best ship, but I just like getting them out, and those people, you're getting to give them, like, top-end prizes. So they're not only having fun, but they're... um, they're getting like premium prizes, which is really nice. Yeah, that that was a deliberate choice after last year when we realised that we had all this really cool swag and it was going to people who would probably just put it in a drawer, might use one bit of it, like because it was helpful. So we tried to target pricing as deep into kind of the structure as possible so that everybody had an opportunity to, to come away with something that was really good. So um and it must be said that the bounty board was ridiculous and I did not have any hopes of being able to give it all away. And I was mostly right. It'll never I did be that really, good again. I really did a good try, though. I think you only went home with like a box of cards, like a few cards. I've got half a shoebox now instead of two yeah. and a half shoeboxes. And all of, the, all of the good stuff is gone. It's mostly yeah. all dark cards and things. So A lot of some of the sort of less desirable cards. Yeah, um, I gave eighteen of each of them to uh, Marcus for the kids, you know. For, awesome. um, and then also Louis gave him a load of stuff, so he's taken loads of stuff back for the kids as well. At least they'll like it; it's something for them to play for, so it's cool. Yeah, it's really good. And I mean, I'm looking in the bounty box now, and there's still piles of alt art cards and like some really good stuff, like that. Just you know, people have chosen other things. Mm. Um, loads of bits and bobs, some stuff that's probably best for the recycling bin, I'll be honest, like round trackers and Jack Porkins because everybody got one of them at the weekend anyway. Yeah. You know? It's like, yeah. It's just, so I did things like I merged all the um, Inferno Squadron into one big pile and just went around and, <laughs> and everyone got a random one. <laughs> but yeah. we got them out, didn't it? We needed to get them out it's for the community, it's not for us to hoard. Well, exactly. So all the um, all the stuff that we got from um, Worlds basically got dropped like candy around the place. I think we've yeah. got a handful of the old darts left. Um, they, again, as you said, the less desirable ones, but the um, Infer went out like crazy. So it's all good. Right. Liam. Yo. Did you have a good time? I did, yeah. I did. I, I wasn't too sure how it was going to go because I literally I just wanted to use a list I'd made that I knew wasn't 100%. Mm-hmm. And on the Sunday morning, I was there, I was like, would I have felt better if I'd have been a proper sweat and taken first order and tried to make cut? And I think I would have felt worse because I wouldn't have enjoyed flying it. So I was happy yeah. that I kind of went three and two. And I was on the bubble anyway. Mm-hmm. Like you really like that list though don't you yeah it's just I don't know what it is about it it just looks fun does dumb stuff and it can catch people out 
basically it's like the lift version of you isn't it Liam what big and dumb looks dumb and does fun looks fun and <laughs> does dumb stuff yeah. pretty much yeah yeah it's a fun and, list and there's, there's like an element of skill you can't just pick it up and throw it on a table and expect it to work you've literally got to make the things work together so it gets me thinking and it's interesting and I stay interested in the game using it uh, when I've been using first order and stuff I do find myself just switching off because it I feel like I'm in autopilot mm-hmm but like I had a great time and I was a bit disappointed not to make cut with it. But I said to Adam a couple of days before the event, I think I'm going to go with separatists because I want the top in faction prize. And yeah. that was the hardest part of it. There was so many of us. <laughs> Turned out you were on a 50, 50 coin flip with Sam Cooper from 10 squadron. Um, yeah. Who, who after- is a very good player as well. So there was a there was a genuine competition between which of you would get it. So look, I know we're both competent at making cut because we've met in cut twice in the last two years. And it's like I was looking around the room at the beginning and I was like, How many separatist players are there? I haven't seen many. I knew Sam was running it, so there was two I'd counted anyway, but I just didn't see any. And but when I signed up and put the list in as a provisional choice. There was like five or six people registered as separatists, and I was like, something doesn't add up. Yeah. But then someone showed me the faction breakdown, and it was just us. So after <laughs> round one, when he told me we'd lost, he, he'd lost. And I was like, well, if we go on the same record now, I should, in theory, finish higher. Yeah. And I did. But it was, yeah. it was rough. Like, <laughs> because when I lost my third, game yeah my third game to uh, Mike Hernshaw I went and uh, went straight away and asked Sam how he got on I was just constantly keeping tabs on it because it's all I really wanted from the weekend to be honest I wanted to be able to win that that vulture and then just enjoy myself on the Sunday without having to worry about things Mm -hmm. cool yeah it was um, it was fun like like I could see that you were having a good time and not just because you were half cut the entire time. You were actually actively enjoying just buzzing about the tournament and playing the game. So, um, I mean, I couldn't see you all the time, but I could hear you. So that was (laughs) usually a good indicator. I I, I did feel dreadful on Saturday morning. I don't know what it was. (laughs) No, it couldn't, couldn't, it must have been that one slice of pizza that you ate at four o'clock in the morning that, that, that's what put you over the edge. It must have been, it must have been dodgy. Or the 16th pint was a bad one. I didn't think I drank that much, to be honest. I think I only had about eight pints. Is that all? Right, okay. I'd be dead with eight pints. I thought I got home at half one. Well, got back to the hotel at half one, and Adam was standing next to me when I said it. He went, Liam, it was like half two. I was like, no. (laughs) No, that's not true. That's impossible. I remember remember in the bar. How can you drink eight pints of chemical horribleness? Beer's not chemical horribleness. No, but Stella is. Uh, I don't drink Stella all night. I only drink Stella if I look at it and like the other options aren't great. I know it's <laughs> it's solid, but when oh, I was so, in Blossoms... So you look and you drinking... go like, yeah, Stella's definitely awful, so I'll have that. Well, <laughs> Stella's definitely the best of a bad bunch. But in like Blossoms, I'm drinking Hells. It's just nice. 
There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with the point of do as you're told. Okay. All right, let, let's let's not let's not go down that avenue for jokes. <laughs> that makes me feel. <laughs> um, all right, um, Tim, you you took your so Liam went three and two. Um, actually, I'll save Tim for for the last of the three of us that were playing because he did the best of the three of us. Excuse uh, no, me, no surprise. Undefeated over here. Yeah, un- undefeated Ben in the corner. Thank um, you. So yeah. I I took my, and my rebels on final table. You were so was I, but. In the different capacity. Um, so we had, um, I, I took my Rebel Swarm that I've been kind of talking about, and it's up on kind of long shanks. And if you want to have a look at it, of, of what it is, I'm not sure if it's in its final form yet, but it's it's approaching it. I um, like your list. I really like it too. I went three and two as well. So because we had an odd number of players, we had 113, which makes it our biggest event. And I was a bit disappointed we went under 120. And then I checked the numbers for last year. It was like, oh, no, it's fine. We had more. So that's fine. We're still bigger than we were last year. Um, so because we had an odd number, I took the buy round one um, because I didn't want it to accidentally go to somebody who travelled miles to come and play x-wing um so i just I mean, said, needed all the help he could get let's be honest yeah, exactly i'll take, I'll take that. <laughs> that's the only reason i went three and two instead of two and three let's be fair um, <laughs> so, um so i played um i played my first game in round two on stream against matt coggins which was weird because you know what i'm like i'm a first game of a tournament i'm really yeah. shaky like like just adrenaline and nerves and usually as a bear and he like stops yeah, but like <laughs> basically halfway through game one, I'm fine. But for like the first 20 minutes, 25 minutes of game one, I just like I properly have the tremors. And um, then being on stream as well. He does that on like club night as well. Like the yeah. first game, you're a bit shaky, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's not a, it's not even a big like big tournament. It's worse. Like first thing in the morning. But yeah, on Tuesday nights, the first game I play, I'm always a wee bit wobbly. Um but Matt was lovely. It was a lovely game to play against. It came down to literally the last turn um, where he needed to get Poe away from... I had three ships closing in on the corner that he was stuck going into. Um, and all my ships were just not fast enough to actually get a shot onto his Poe because he like barrel rolled right into the very corner of the board because time had been called. And he was like, yeah, you're going off the board next turn, but it doesn't matter if there's not going to be a next turn kind of thing. Um, I needed to do one damage to him to win the game, and he managed to avoid all shots by about two millimeters from a double modded uh, three dice attack. So I was like, oh, just if I'd done something slightly different, maybe the turn before or whatever, then I'd have, I'd have, he wouldn't have been able to escape that at all. Um, but you know, as we'll talk about his list later, I went all in on killing Poe and got him down to one and then had basically two turns to try and trap him and kill him again. And he managed to escape me. And I know Poe can do that because I've used him enough. Um, so that was my strategy to try and win that game. It didn't work out. And then uh, the other game I lost was against was on the bubble. So then I, uh, I won my next two games against Sam Webb and Andy McGorman. They were both really good, fun games. Had a great time. And Andy turned me inside out in the first three turns. Like absolutely baffled me, like had me chasing shadows and going into lanes where his ships just weren't there after I moved my swarm before his. Oh, it was terrible. And for like, I just got a little bit lucky with one of my ships not dying for a turn when it should have done. Um, and He'd that be dangerous if he practiced to get back in. Oh, he would because he just rocks up and does well. Yeah, and he doesn't play in between Sith no. Maker Open. No. I think um, the last game he played before this was at the Expo. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> STO and STO and Expo are the the only tournaments he does X-wing for. Um, 
And then my last game on the bubble is against Martin Chivers, who's won a thing or two in the past. I've never um, heard of him myself. And <laughs> that, um, <laughs> that game came down to, like, he annihilated. So he's using this first order cluster missile whirlwind nonsense, right? Which just prints three hits on demand, basically, when it shoots at you. And he took two of my ships off in the first engagement. And I was just like, oh, no. I was like, and, and I sat down and just slumped and I said, I think that's game, but let's play it out and see if something happens. And there was just one turn where I blocked. He tried to turn his Kylo away because Wedge was behind him. And I blocked his Kylo with my Sabine because he forgot that Sabine didn't care about being able to get away from a rock next turn because you could barrel roll <laughs> away from it. So I just dumped Sabine behind a rock to block Kylo's one hard away. And he did it. And I was like, oh, Lord. And that turned Kylo and Midnight both died because Midnight had whittled elsewhere. And suddenly it was like, what's the point? It's evens. And I was like, oh, and I've taken your five and your six off, which means he had quick draw, who I'd just been ignoring up to that point. Um, and I can't remember what else. Whirlwind. So anyway, they basically, he tagged. We were trading one for one, and he tagged um, two objectives. It was um, Assault at the Satellite Array with Whirlwind. He managed to exactly position Whirlwind so that it was just sna snagging two. And he won by that one point. Um, but there was uh, the last turn of the game. I had three relevant ships. And I thought if I turned two down to get quick draw, I might get lucky, but I can't leave Blount to be killed by his Malarus. So I turned Wedge up to threaten Malarus, thinking Wedge could kill Malarus, not realizing that it doesn't matter how few green dice they roll. If they've got three health left, Wedge can't kill them with a two dice gun. So this was just like end of day fatigue, basically. Um, my two ships that I sent down to look at quick draw took quick draw to one health. So if I turn Wedge right instead of left there, I get a shot to basically win the game by killing quick draw with wedge. So I was just like, hmm, shoulda, woulda, coulda. Both games, very, very tight, though, like awesome fun games. Like I think my most fun game of the weekend was against Martin because it was on the bubble. It was played in really good spirit. It was really good fun. Um, but it was really tense. And it came down to basically those like three kind of key turns, like he annihilating me turn one me then getting the block and the kill on Kylo. And then that very last turn basically was what it came down to. Um, so it was like, it was an amazing game. So uh, anyway, it's basically settled me on that list for taking it to Worlds because I looked back at the two games and thought I could have won those games if I had made better decisions. And the more reps I get with the list, the more likely I'll be to make better decisions next time. So that's me, basically. So. Tim. Yes. How did you get on? Tell, talk to us about your weekend. Um, yeah, really good. Um, it's nice to actually um, play in these big events rather than, obviously, I have run many big events over the years, so I do appreciate other people giving up their time so I can actually play spaceships. Um, does, uh, you know, go down well. Um so yeah, Friday was quite fun. Um, I went down and basically started doing setup and sort of meeting, greeting people, and that's kind of sort of set the tone for the weekend. Uh, you know, it was nice sort of social affair as well as you know the gaming side of it, you know, catching up with people. 
Um, round one draw, can't say I was too uh, impressed with, um, purely because I, I drew uh, drew uh, Aurelien from Team France, who's a very good player that we'd <laughs> we'd played online um, literally like a week and a half ago. Um, so like, it's one of those you know drawing like another sort of you know sort of good player round one. You think, oh, you know, it's it's one of those you know, sort of real battles to sort of get your, you know, your vent off. And, you know, if you lose, you're going to have to submarine. Um, but, um, yeah, my list held up well. Um, I won 19-16. Um, so very close game. Um, in fairness, most of my games were close games through the day. Um, you know, and it was, yeah, just real tight, but real, real good game. Um Game two was a bit trickier. Um, so I played Cormac and, you know, it's one of those games where you sort of set up everything. And I've got this great picture. And although I think in hindsight, perhaps I shouldn't have been going after Gemma, uh, the new, one of the new Rebel A-Wings, because um, yeah. of her ability and, and other bits, I must have had five good shots with munitions lined up against her. And it was just one of those games where variants also punished me on top of her ability. And it was just, yeah, it just did, did not work out. And I think when you called time, Cormac, we were just about, we were just setting dials. Um, and Cormac was 9-3 up. And it was just one of those games where neither of us were really pushing damage through. So he was Han, Luke, Keo, what I say, Sabine and, and Gemma. And yeah, we just didn't really do much damage to each other. And uh, but I just, I you know, had those good shots and just was not able to to push anything through. So I ended up conceding that uh, at the point of us setting dials. Because I'm like, well, I'm not going to win here. Well, I'd say I'll just concede. Uh, we must have a longer lunch break because it was lunch after game two. So <laughs> I think it went in as a twenty to three. But yeah, I'd, I'd I'd lost the game. I wasn't wasn't getting it back at that point. Um. After lunch, I drew. I'm not sure if he's a new newer player. Um, he absolutely had no experience of Republic, uh, which made, like you were saying earlier about you know you have to sort of take the player on their word when they're you know saying the rules. So I explained what my list does, and you know, and this and the other. And as I'm going through, I'm explaining how I'm doing things. Um, but he was clearly confused about what was happening and where, so I, I was having to go through and just explain. But it was absolutely fine. I don't mind doing it, but you do feel bad for somebody because then it's just like, yeah, my my, my list does do that, and yes, that's what that does, and I, I'm sorry, but yes, this this does mean that that shot you lined up now does no damage and blah 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 blah. So it doesn't oh, help that, that yours is a that, tanky horribleness. Yeah, was that Craig from Ireland? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he he's um used to play um he he was uh he went to the replay store championship in Bangor having not really played X-Wing since basically the back end of first edition and he was like kind of got back into it with some of the uh the Irish lads um down in in kind of Cork and a couple of things he'd, he'd been to there and they managed to convince him into going up to Bangor for the store championship and he had such a good time he just like messaged me immediately and was like I know there's a wait list can I be on it please um so yeah he's he's a, a recent returner he was chatting to me about the game against you and he was just like it was just ridiculous like I couldn't keep track of what was going on because there were so many triggers like and 
you know, I was like, Tim was being patient and explaining everything to me, but like, I was just baffled by, by the complexity of it. It was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah and I think I've bit... played Tim many times and I. You drop off? What? Oh, sorry. I said, I've played Tim many times and I still get confused by it. I... Yeah. No, I mean, and I get that. And the, the, I think also the issue is, is that I, I play a lot online as well as in person. So I knew exactly what everything in his list did, and that and that's I think that is the issue sometimes. And it, it doesn't have not necessarily even my list, but I think if you pl- come up against an experienced player, like they just know you know they're knowing what what everything does, and they just got a plan in their head, so um, it can catch people off guard. And there's a few lists out there that will have that sort of almost not quite gotcha factor, but yeah, if if you're not too sure. Yeah, it does it does catch you up, but um, um, he, he yeah, I think he had a bit of an interesting setup to start with. So he sort of decided to fly a few ships away, and it may have put him slightly out of position and stuff. But um, ultimately, had enough toys and and munitions and stuff like that to sort of punish the resistance. So uh, won that one, I think sixteen twelve. Um, I then reunited with a good friend. Uh, fun walk uh, for game four and um i absolutely diced fun walk off the board um <laughs> I, well i i took poe falcon bar one shield which i'd done at range three the previous turn um i took poe falcon off in one round of shooting and like my list can do that but you know i need a lot to go right and a lot did go right i think possibly his only mistake was he used Ray, uh, Ray Gunner. Was it Ray Gunner? Can you use her? Uh, yeah, he used, used her. Yeah, on, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he used her on offense mm-hmm. rather than save the force for defense. Because one, and it was only like, a, um, yeah, I mean, that was it as well. Like, we we played at Worlds and he used Poe Falcon there. And I lock, I lock Poe Falcon, and whenever Poe goes, I'm going to have my, my range one four dice banger, click goes, it's not range one. And that turn, he was like, right, I'm going to shoot range one at control. And he, you know, after you declare it, I go, well, click says it's not range one. And obviously, I'm not going to say what he said. Um, <laughs> it was colourful language about click, and then he rolls a three dice attack, which he modifies to three hits into my three agility ship, which after a little bit of wizardry, I go, well, there's three evades from what... Um, so he does no damage, and then I just absolutely rinsed Poe. Um, like I, I even put Killer facing an asteroid, just so that Killer was was going to get the range one shot, but also it meant that both my torrents could just do one banks behind. It lined up the barrage rockets so that I could swarm tactics, axe up, which then gives the target lock to, to kick back to get the diamond borer missile off as well. And it was horrible. Like the, even the splash damage does a crit or something like that. It's everything just went right into Poe, and then he's just on the back foot then because it's like you know that seven point ship's just gone off. Um, I I only won twenty two eighteen. So like you know he he really did bring the game back. And those T seventies do do a lot of late game work. Um, but so I, you said do do. Yeah. But um, <laughs> but I think yeah, losing losing your big piece for essentially nothing in return is is pretty bad um i think that i think that might have been salvage as well yeah because i think he had um he had the fireball 
that the fireball was slamming away on two hull. Oh, that was it. Oh, that was, and that was awesome. Just, I mean, that was a perfect um, plan for me. So basically, I think uh, Kid had gone down to one hull, so he just went off flying away into the corner, but was slowly making his way um, round. And he basically met up facing at range three opposite the fireball. But what he didn't realize is that he had Contrail coming in from the flank, who had a target lock on the fireball already. So I fire Contrail first. I then synchronize console the target lock. I don't care what Contrail gets. It was like, I think it was range three obstructed. So there, yeah, sure, have four dice. He then passes the target lock to Killer who then fired a double-modded four-dice concussion missile because the fireball was on two-hole. Nice. Cheeky. Yeah. Cheeky. And then, yeah. Um, yeah. So, and you made cut, so you went for one. Do you want to talk about my other games, or, you know, this is... A... <laughs> Go on, then. Go on, then. I, I, know, I know I'm cutting into your time to talk, Rich, but this is this is me, this is my time to talk. <laughs> Come on, then. Hurry so, up. Sorry, it's a welcome break. Yeah, so uh, ga- Game 5 was um, a really fun game. So this was against uh, Mandalore Ian, uh, or X-Wing Jesus, as people may know him, um, flying his double... Well, because v- that's his name. Yeah, uh, double VCX, um, uh, Sabine Tai, and Hera B wing, and basically he flies the B wing with the two VCXs in like a, a quite knit, uh, tight knit bunch. Uh, but Kanan's got heightened perception, and Hera's got swarm tactics. So you're taking five shots at initiative seven and six, um, which is pretty brutal because you've got veteran <laughs> turret gunners on both both the ghosts. Um, one's an ion turret, one was a dorsal turret. Um, however, that w- that one point upgrade that I put onto Killer, the jamming beam, finally got used, and I've not used it since in all my practice <laughs> games or anything. Uh, so I, I swarmed up Killer to five so that I could fire the jamming beam before the rest of my list shot um, and was able to take out uh, Chopper over two rounds of shooting. Um, and then I think I have to sort of pat myself on the back. I think I got my activation and movements correct as well. And I was able to stack up ships so that they were basically enemy bumps, but able to shoot range one. That makes sense. So it was yeah. Yeah, some good positional play there. And also the overspill went into Hera. So I was able to, I basically ignored Kanan and killed Hera and killed uh, Chopper. And I think it was Assault on the Satellites Array. So then he's then playing... Like, I don't know if I had five or six ships versus two ships at that point. So then I was just outscoring them on objectives. So I think I won 18-10 in the end of that game. Um, so that was the end of Swiss. Um, but I finished, I think, 14th overall. Um, and then because all the four-on-ones made cut, we had to have a play-in round. So I think it went down to 19th. Um, right, yeah. Yes. Right. So I think it was three playing games. And I had to play um, Michael Upton, uh, so a, a fellow Sith taker. Uh, we play, obviously, every now and again at club night, and I was playing his first order in the Congratulations plane. Congratulations to Mike for making round one. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and, 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 for, and for going four and one yeah. for the day, like. No, yeah. Yeah. That wasn't the achievement, though. We know he can play well. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, yeah. so... so and not just that, it was a first order with some bits that other people haven't been taking. So he had Scorch Bomber, um, you know, which is a bit different. We had um, Feedback Ping and a few other bits in the list. He had um, Blackout Silencer with um, Prockets, 
Um, so, you know, there's a few little things in there that were played very differently. Um, I think Mike always runs quite, like, sometimes you think you know the lists, but there's always something different in there. It, it's like sort of his twist on it. I think he always does good lists. Yeah, I mean, like you saw, had he had Malarus, he had uh, LeHughes, he had uh, Kylo Silencer, so some staples, but certainly some extra bits that were kind of his twist. Yeah. Um, I think he got the first engagement pretty pretty well. Um, I think Kylo, unfortunately, might have taken some shields, but then was able to jump into the middle of my swarm. But then I just ignored Kylo and um, just concentrated on the rest of his ships. Um, there was an unfortunate misdial halfway through the game. Um, didn't put the silence on a rock, but did mean that he actually went towards his own bombs. Um, oh. Yeah, so um, caused a few issues there. But again, it I happens after that many games, though, doesn't it? It does. No, absolutely. I mean, this is it. Like, I mean, none of us used to like the six round events because it, you know, it was a very long day. Um, five is nice, um, and I get you know the playing round is important because we don't want to play five rounds on day two um, or we want people to be able to get away a bit early because we are playing on a Sunday so people can get away at a reasonable time and then get home so playing that sixth round I think is okay and it only affected six of us um, but yeah I was able to uh, walk out that um, with, should... with numbers it could have been up to nine games to get it down to a top 16 but there were draws, so draws stopped it from happening. But yeah, we could have had to have up to eighteen players involved in that to get us down to a top sixteen. <laughs> I think that's I think that's fine. I think it's a decent way of doing it because then you still get a top sixteen. You still get um, every four and one in cut, which is you know I think good because there are certain feels bad if you're like you know seventeenth or eighteenth and you've gone exactly the same, but you've just lost out by a little bit of strength of schedule. Or possibly even the same strength of schedule sometimes, you know, it is, you know, it can, you know, just sort of boil down that way. So, um, personally, I think it was probably the right decision for format. Um, I mean, perhaps I would say that because I won. Um, <laughs> but... I mean, we, we did it because last year we had two players who went four and won a missed cup and it just felt bad. Like this year, if there'd been six, oh no, it would have been three, sorry, that would have missed cup. Um, it didn't feel as bad, but it still feels pretty bad. Like, you know, if you say we're cutting the top eight, then you know that you have to go five and zero to guarantee it. And if you're four and one, you might get lucky. But because we're cutting to sixteen, you're always going to just have a couple of people who miss out. So, but yeah, we took we took the decision early, actually, after last year's event to to change the format to what used to be the system open format, basically, which is you know we're not going to drop you, obviously which the system opens used to do um, if you lose two games. But um, essentially, you're you're out of the running for a cut as soon as you lose your second game. Yeah, I think that's fine. Like, I mean, you know, there is, there'd be an element that feels bad, I guess, if you're Tom Veal, um, purely because he finished 16th, but then lost his playing game. But then, mm -hmm. you know, if, if you flip it a different way, uh, Martin Chivers, who was 17th, would be really hard done by because he would finish 17th and and you know it was you know practically the same score as the rest of us that all made it from four months so yeah no I, I think I think it's fine like I think um if I if I had to vote on a fair system for future events I think this is absolutely fine um but I yeah mean, I think the issue with people missing out last year on a winning like on 
a record that should get you in is that it's outside of their control. Mm-hmm. So having a playing round puts that back in their control so they can blame themselves and not the system for failing to make it. That that That's the one thing that Strength of Schedule does better than MOV, which is MOV is a bit more in your control because you can, you know, rack up points um, if, you know, if you get the opportunity to do so. Um, where Strength of Schedule is, is a little bit random. Like, my strength of schedule would have been pretty good, um, and I, like, I don't know if I had a better strength of schedule than Martin um, at the end of, yeah, much better, like one point eight nine. I'd have, if I'd beaten Martin, I'd have been straight into cut. Um, I wouldn't have had to do the playoff round because I played against um, Matt Coggins um, and uh, and Martin, um, and obviously, by gives you a good strength of schedule. <laughs> so, but you know, I played against other people who played against other good people, kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, my strength of schedule was pretty tough. But um, yeah. So anyway, you made cut, Tim. Tell us about your cut game, and then we can go and talk about the winning lists and a few bits and bobs. Yeah. So I played um, Mike uh, in the top cut game, uh, which was Rebel Beef. So six ship Rebel Beef into my uh, seven ship uh, Rebel Beef Republic Beef. Uh, into my seven ship Republic Swarm. Um, so there was an awful lot of Republic uh, ships on the board, but thankfully I'd repainted mine, so it made it a little bit easier. Um, <laughs> it was an interesting one because he'd made a comment that he'd listened to our, our show where we were chatting about my list, but didn't actually remember much from it. Um, and I'd literally played almost the exact same list earlier in the week when I played Illy in the Sift Taker League. So I, I had a sort of decent idea of how I wanted to play the game. Um, and again, just just one of those where I lined up, I got the perfect shots into one of his Y-wings in, in the first engagement and just left it on two-hole and it was able to escape. Um, so it was really, really tricky. Um, and the game finished 18-15 to Mike, but that last shot of the game... Uh, I think I roll three greens. I roll one evade out of hand with a dedicated re-roll on one of the blanks. If I get an, an extra evade either on my first roll or on that re-roll, then I win the game by a point. Um, so it literally just came down to the last shot of the game. But there, you know, there were, part, there were bits during the game that could have gone differently. Um, I've thought about it afterwards and maybe actually I could have barrel rolled Oddball and used his ability um, rather than just sitting there and taking the target lock. Um, but I can't remember off the top of my head now if I would if I would have had bullseye to trigger his ability. Um, yeah. So it's it's one of those you sort of you think back afterwards like could I have played that last turn differently? Um, yeah. But I, I basically had to kill one of his Y wings in the last turn uh, with oddball, which I did. Um, but then I needed oddball to survive, um, and uh, yeah, it was just one of those games that yeah, just a little bit of dice variance in my in my favor and you know you get a different score there but no i think um all in all i'm pretty happy with the result my plan was well my my goal was to make top cut um and then just you know just see how it boils down and i'm not upset at losing my top 16 game um you know i think on a different day i win that game um and mike played it well i i played it well and it was just yeah how how the game boiled down but you know it's another game where it's almost like I think most of my games came down to three or four points. Um, so, you know, I'm I'm 
certainly battling in every single game and, and some I may lose by three or four points but I'm, I'm winning you know a fair few by three or four points as well yeah so um just quickly to touch on um cut uh there were 19 players who ended up on four and one and better we had three Sith takers who who got um, into that position as Mike um, and yourself have already talked about. Um, credit to Adam Freeman, who came on the podcast a little bit ago. Um, most of people that know Adam know him best as Liam's carer, who looks after him <laughs> on a day-to-day basis and um, likes us to... Likes us he to, deserves like, a medal just for doing that. <laughs> he, he, he says... I, as well. I said because to him, you thanks, are really Freeman. annoying. <laughs> I said to him, thanks... <laughs> I said to him, thanks for bringing Liam out. And he said, oh, thanks for giving him something to do. It's best to keep him busy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, but yeah, Adam used um, some of the battle over Endor uh, B-Wings uh, to, to great effect. So he drew a game. I think he drew his first game. And then he won four on the bounce to go into, uh, into cut in fourth place undefeated just behind the three people that went five and oh um so like massive congratulations to adam for his his run as well he did um fall out of cut in the first round sadly um against i think it was craig from uh, steel city x-wing uh who who kind of had a very similar but slightly different variant of the uh of the rebel b-wing list so um, the two rebel lists that went, sorry, of the two, three rebel lists that went into kind of the the final stages of the tournament, um, two of them were essentially B-wing uh, combinations, and the last one was was Tom Veal, who was flying. I think it was a, um, a Endor wedge uh, version of what used to be the Hera Luke Bodica Han list. They've put Endor wedge and uh, Sabine in instead of Han, so. Um, we didn't actually have much Han there at all this weekend. Um, there was not a huge amount of it around. So for all people saying, he's still good um, when it came to a big tournament, not many people actually brought him along. So To be fair, he probably still is good. It's just that thing of when something gets nerfed, everybody jumps off it straight away. Yeah. So there was a, there was a fair, there was a fair ra- rattle of um, kind of rebels in the three and twos as well. And just like... A few people like um, Dan Athey and um, Cormac Higgins were using them, and they're both very good players who, you know, got three and two, and on another day would have been four and one and would have been into cut. So, um, you know, it's um, it's just one of those things, as you say, things are a bit different. There were a lot of those B wings around, though. Like if you look down through the stuff, and we'll, we'll chat very quickly about statistics later on. Um, so, um, talking about the winning list, then it was um, Corentin in the final blue something he's been flying this for a while um it's no great surprise to anybody that that knows him so it's rear admiral shiranu with uh we'll call it the decimator build that we called it the other week um <laughs> so it's ruthless vader death troopers agile gunner electronic baffle and dauntless he then has the tomax bren um the tie bomber expansion standard loadout card so true grit plasma torpedoes and ion bombs then three black squadron aces and a vizier carrying emperor palpatine in the passenger seat um i have used this list a couple of times in tts and it really does feel like there is a lot going on with it that you get to understand once you've repped it a lot um it is very very sneaky in how it does damage because when you look at it you think how can that actually win games and it wins games by basically dominating objectives in 
across all of the scenarios, I think. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just really good. It can kill stuff as well. Like it, it absolutely can because Vader plus Death Troopers plus Rack plus Tomax with his ability, you know, and then Vizier also has a three dice gun. Um, yeah, it's it's a very strong squad. Um, what did you think of that one, uh, Liam? Uh, so Adam's used that a few times yeah. against me because he's encouraged and use it and he always steals quarantine's list. <laughs> yeah. If, if you look at it at face value, there's nothing there. There's apart from rack and obviously Tomax, everything just feels a bit lackluster. But it's one of those ones where the sum of the parts is more than the individual total, if that makes sense. Have yeah. I got that right? There, there is a famous saying, which is that the oh. whole is greater than the sum of its parts. That's that's <laughs> what I was trying to say. Okay, <laughs> I'm from Wolverhampton. You're nearly there. It, it, but, you've just shown off that you've actually read a book once. That's all it is. Yeah, it was the one where Mister Bump had another <laughs> another concussion. <laughs> Mister Tickle. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's not, local church. Let's not get <laughs> right, let's not get distracted. Crack on. So but yeah. yeah, it's so I'm I'm aware it's a good list. It's secret good. But yeah. then I played Currenton online the other day and he was using it and I was like, oh this is just way better in the hands of someone capable. Well I like think it was there's a unreal. There's there's a thing that years and years ago will used to say on the podcast, which was like he loved the lists that Marcel Manzano came up with because they never worked in anybody else's hands, but Marcel, being a good player, was able to achieve things. And the same thing was said with Nathan Idy and his um, Corrin Horn fixation in version one. Like everybody else was on, you know, three ships with Miranda or whatever. And he was like, yeah, I'll fly that same thing, that 100-point ace list, but I'll do it with Corrin because he's my favorite ship. And he was still, you know, top four in worlds um, because, you know, really, really good players. They can just make the thing work because they know how to win games and know how to play yeah. to the strength of the thing that they've put together. Um, so, yeah, it's like I know a couple of other people who've played this as well. And they everybody says it feels when you start using it, you start to realize that it's it's sneaky good but it's hard to explain why and it's hard to actually like having watched Corrington playing a couple or three games with it yesterday it was very obvious that it is a real fine margins list as well like it can feel really good and then just lose because one of your tie fighters just blanks out at the wrong time or you know your opponent doesn't lose a ship you know at a point or whatever um so you're constantly having to keep your eye on your win conditions, constantly having to reassess things and like thinking, right, I win if this happens, I win if that happens, you win if that doesn't happen sort of conversations. Um, yeah, it's good. What do you think of it, Ben? I've been running a similar list recently, um, not with the ties, but with the um, Decimator, that same bomber. But I've had, uh, and a Reaper, sorry, but I had Feroff. Um, Deathfire, and then Latrine, is it? The Bendy Barrel Interceptor. Latrine. That's the one. That's what it is, isn't it? Lurie. Yeah. 
Yeah, the toilet interceptor. <laughs> um, but no, so it's nice that sort of something in my, what I've been looking at has done well. It's kind of confirmed what I thought was good. That's yeah, nice. Um, but it is, it's just a good list. I mean, if you, I watched, obviously I got to see him play quite a few games because I get on with him. So I went and seen how he was doing um, and seeing some of the little cheeky little coordinates and things you can do yeah um with the reaper it it he play, I mean, obviously it helps he's very good but it's definitely something i'd like to try yeah um tim i'm going to come to you to talk about the runner up list um as well because it's got ray in it it's rubbish I think this is the one that's going to cause confusion and consternation globally when they look at it and go, how did that? And the thing is, the runner-up list didn't just run up. It also hit top eight as well. Why are you coming to me? I know nothing about resistance. Because you didn't talk about the last one. Oh, I didn't. I haven't seen either of these lists, but that's fine. Oh, okay. <laughs> so uh, you could talk about the rack one then. And I, I can talk I can talk about Ray <laughs> and Poe, and then you can talk about Y-Wings. Okay, so... Um, I, I lost, this is what one of my two losses was to this list, but not, not in Tom's hands. So Tom obviously came second. Matt Coggins came, I think, Longshanks has tagged him as fifth, but he went out in, in top eight um, against, uh, it was Corentin, wasn't it? No, it wasn't. It was uh, Chris Black. Um, so um, basically you've got uh, Poe Dameron, in black one, so um, trigger happy flyboy pull with heroic R4, proton torpedoes, overdrive thrusters, uh, mag pulse warheads, and the title. You've got Ray with the title, engine upgrade, rose fin, novice technician, and heroic. Um, you've then got the two Y wings, Shasazaro, who's the I3 one, um, who can pass tokens backwards if you shoot at her, and Chorus Capellum, who can steal tokens at range one in firing arc. Um, and he's at I1. They've both got dorsal turrets. They've both got concussion bombs. And they've both got wartime loadout. So they've got nine health. So they've got the same health as an ARC 170. Um, I believe and Shasta... stealing one caught quite a few people out. Yeah. Um, they just Shasta... forget about it. <laughs> yeah. Shasta's arrow has, um, yeah, um, has delayed fuses as well because she's got just that extra loadout point. So, um, yeah. Um, so, Tim, go for go for what you think of this list. Uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, I didn't actually see much of Tom playing, so um, I won't be able to suggest how he may be flying it. I'll tell you one thing I spotted. There's always a range one ruler between the side and Ray when he sets it. Now, I don't know if that's something to do with the way Ray moves or just the way he likes it. I actually meant to ask him, but I forgot. I can um, tell you why. Oh, no, I, was, I wanted to know why. I spotted him doing it a couple of times. Yes. Because when you sloop left to the board edge or sloop right to the board edge, you stay on by about two millimeters if you're right. set up perpendicular from the board edge. Yeah, because so I've seen him do it like two or three times, and I'm, I meant to ask him. I just, I just forgot. Yeah, it just guarantees that you don't accidentally sloop off the board when you're running up the gutter. It's just measuring. No, that's percent. clever. It makes it makes sense. It's sensible. Yeah. Cool. Um, so we've got um, we've got Ray. Um, this Ray build is probably my favourite version. Like I, I do like Heroic on Ray uh, with the Finn crew. 
um so that you know it's just such a troll when you know someone shoots you you roll a blank and then if they're in the front art you add a blank you then scream heroic and then you re-roll your, <laughs> your, your two dice um so i i really do like this build we've got engine upgrade to make that boost white uh rose tico so you can um uh spend results to gain target locks which with uh, obviously the fin adding the blanks works really well on offense and then we've got novice technician um probably just because there's a couple of spare points and potentially uh fixing some crits is always good and obviously raised um falcon title um to keep doing sloops and boosts whilst you're stressed um yep. we have i assume it is it's trigger happy flyboy Pull. It is, yeah, seven point pull, yeah. Yeah, so it doesn't in Yasby didn't have his uh his name, but so this is the two action um uh well push limit power, I guess you could say the old uh old push limit. So it's heroic. Um we've got R four for those extra blues, Proton Torps, uh Overdrive Thruster, which is uh, another really cool upgrade. Um making those uh was it boost barrel roll slams can be one speed higher if it's um your red action so his second action he can basically do um like a barrel roll left one and then boost two or or vice versa boost one and then barrel roll two so you can really throw that t70 around uh also yep. got some magpulse warheads which at initiative six will be really useful for jamming off uh in particular matchups Black one. Can't believe he's not taking Ferris with paint on Poe though. You know, after all that. But yeah, no, <laughs> it's a it's a good pair of real beat sticks, I think, in in, in this list, and it's supported by a pair of uh, resistance Y wings, um, yeah. which I'll let you talk about. I mean, Tom actually flew Poe really well. Like I watched one in Quarantine's game when he used the slam, rather than holding onto it for like a defensive moment, he used it to get him in a better position. For like the next turn, so Poe was going to have to go out of the game to try and clear his stress, and he sort of slammed him round behind everything. It's good to see. Yeah, yeah it's it's all it's too easy with that Poe to just not use Black One until you get a nope moment where you need to yeah. figure out a way to get out of stuff. But yeah, he I think he knew he was chasing the game a little bit, but he knew he could get pulled round the back, which meant he was on a line to tag two objectives yeah. on two turns and also get shots he, if he took that one turn out. And if there's one ship that can get back in quick, it's both. So, yeah, that move just never, I never even crossed my mind. I just thought he was trying to clear as much distance as he could yeah. and still clear the stress. I did not see that, especially with um, overdrive thrusters, meaning rather than it be a, a two hard, it was the three hard slam. Yeah. I was impressed that that was a clever move. Yeah. So, he, doing the two hard away, then the one bank boost, and then the three hard slam basically yeah. got him on like a huge big s-shaped curve right the way back around and almost back into the fight and the next turn Corentin dropped an ion bomb to dissuade him from coming back in um so he just kind of did a two forward and did a range three double modded attack into <laughs> i think it was the bomber um or it might have been the reaper actually was what set the reaper train going yeah, um, i, th I so, think it was the reaper actually yeah so i think like this list has to be flown in a very specific way and it's worth saying that tom and matt have worked on this list together for a long time like three months or something and possibly even longer than that since they started putting the y-wings in instead of other three-point ships so you know tom's been on ray pole um and then he started off at elo and bb8 and then he like was trading different two uh different fours in um to see if he can make it and then he's like what if 
I put two really hard to kill annoying ships in. Um, and they've kind of, so the reason they've got identical list is because they built it together. They've strategized together about it and they've practiced together and they've bat rep together with it. Um, and they've basically come to this as kind of its final form. Um, I don't know what the easy, if I don't even think there is an easy way to beat it. What I think that the, the strategy with this is, is that you dangle the Y wings, you disengage with them because they've got boost and then you start dropping bombs. And in the time that people have been going for your easy points in inverted commas, trying to get you Y wings, um, then you've cycled Ray and Poe into positions where they can just start nuking things off the board, um, tagging objectives because they've got the action economy to be able to do it. So like Ray is great at action, for action economy um, because you know she gets locks for free and the force does everything. So you know it's fine. And those two ships are hitting for four pretty much every time they shoot at something. Um, so it's like you know the two big beat sticks are there and Shasta and Chorus form an anvil. And if people are going for those six easy points on those Y-wings, they're as hard to kill as an arc. And people don't think of arcs as easy points um, because they've got the same health and the same greens, but they're just on a small base. Um, and they're going to drop bombs on you if you don't kill them. So it's just a bit, it's a bit rude, but it's also a list that needs a lot of practice, a lot of skill with both the Falcon and the T-70. Like, because if either of those two ships get caught and killed by your opponent, you lose the game. Um, I knew that when I was playing Matt, which is why I tried to kill Poe. Um, I failed, and that's when they win, because you try and kill one of those ships, you fail, they disappear, you never see that ship again. Um, <laughs> and that seven point is safe. So we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, that seven point is a feature of these two ships. Um, the Y-Wings are there for you to focus all of your attention on to kill them, to get the easy points while Ray and Poe win the game, basically. Um, so anyway, I don't want to talk too much about the strategy behind how they flew it, because I know Tom's going to take it or something incredibly similar to Chicago next month. So um, I don't actually know that much more than I've said, to be honest. But I'm, I'm given <laughs> to believe that they've got a lot of secret strategies that they've devised that they've not used yet. But uh, if anybody wants to see it in action, I think Tom was streamed for about five and a half straight hours on Sunday on Farcast Focus. So. <laughs> Um, I'm just we are going to try and sort something with those streams so we can keep them and put them on one of the YouTube channels. Yeah, we're going to ask Nick if he can download them, but we have to see. Yeah, he, he mentioned it to me as I was helping him with Pond's wheelchair as we were leaving. Oh, that's cool. That's good news. Um, I'm going to get him to accidentally lose the one where I lost on stream, though. Be... <laughs> <laughs> no evidence it didn't happen. Um, I've already Long, watched mine back twice. Longshanks is evidence, my friend. Oh, never mind. Eh? I was happy when PTT <laughs> shut down because it erased all the um, <laughs> memories, all the bad memories. Rich, uh, do you want the bad news? No. All Go of on, that what? information is still accessible. Oh, I'll quiet you. Um, <laughs> right, I'm just going to quickly touch on because we've un we've not got a whole lot of time left. Um, we've got loads of time. We can keep talking. I don't mind. Okay, I'll I'll just drop off. So. Uh, just want to quickly touch on um, lists that came to top four um, because, first of all, Chris Black, who started playing X-Wing just towards the back end of COVID, um, one of the Northern Irish guys, decided he was going to take uh, Vizier with Palpatine, Tomax Bren from uh, 
the Tybomer expansion, so the same same one that's in Corrington's list. Then the starter pack Vader, which is the hate ion missiles afterburners version of Vader. Um, the the pay to win Vader, you might call it. And <laughs> bat, battle over Endor Jendon in the TIE Defender. So this is one of the ships that has caused a lot of excitement in the last few months. Um, since he was at one well, few months, few weeks since he was announced and spoiled. Um, this is a guy who can spend shields to do the five dice proton cannon and all that kind of stuff. Um, so Chris went four and one on uh, on the Saturday, and yeah. then took himself through to top four. So it was a great run for him and a great finish for him as well. Um, and him and Corentin had a big Imperial off and I was watching it kind of half out the corner of my eye um, while I was watching the stream table as well. And uh, it was very sweaty and close right up until kind of the last turn. It, that was a great game to watch. Yeah, Corentin just was able to keep his ships alive. So Chris was not able to kill ships. They just kept not dying. Um, he so, also lost his Reaper early. Yeah. Well, they they were going to trade Reapers. That was what happened, was they were going to trade Reapers. And Chris's Jendon shot into Corentin's Reaper whiffed. Like, he had a lock, but no focus because he'd done something else. Um, So he had to uh, basically roll, like, I think, two hits. And the Reaper kind of evaded one and was left alive on one when it probably should have died. And... um, yeah, it was just like, and then Chris's Reaper died that turn. Um, and I saw Corrington given the little fist bump. Um, yeah. You know, little fist pump, because he knew that that was, if they traded, the game's still in the balance. But because he then got another two turns out of his Reaper, because he was able to disappear before Chris could bring another gun round to finish it off a couple of turns later, um, he knew that he'd basically done enough at that point to win the game, because he was able to just pick up crates because it was salvage. Um, but yeah, it was a, it's such a good game to watch. Um, and it so was. Tight. So it was interesting to see them both really lock into the game. They were very both very quiet and concentrating. And the moment it was over, you saw them like both click out of it, and they were laughing and joking again. Yeah, it was just I mean, interesting to watch. Connor has chatted about Chris. Used to be a Magic the Gathering kind of pro tour player. Yeah, but we still like him though. Yeah, but like he he's like three times nationals winner and some you know stuff like that in magic. So like he he has got a tournament brain like where he just switches into this is now I'm going to try and win this game and I'm going to figure out what I need to do in order to try and maximize my chance of winning it. And that's the way that his brain works in game playing, particularly in tournaments. Like I've played Chris casually so many times, um, and it's you know just laughing and joking and playing. I have never played a game against him when he's been in that tournament brain mode yeah. um and it's quite um impressive to see it that he can he can be that kind of direct so yeah well done to chris for that one um the other list that i want to talk about is um tim greenaways um can you give us a little a little run through it ben tim's list yeah t- the timinator oh, greenaway I haven't, I haven't even got it up no oh, okay um, so I know it's got null. There's a start <laughs> for you. Null was swamped. Just before you start, the shout out to Tim is he came up with this list himself. Yeah, he did. So we've got null with swarm tactics. We've got scorch with swarm tactics and marksmanship. We've got midnight with swarm tactics and fanatical. We've got DT798 with deuterium power cells. 
we've got Malarus with cluster missiles, and then we've got Kylo in the Whisper with concussion missiles, advanced optics, um, and a few other bits and bobs. Um, so let's ask Liam to tell us why this is a good list. So it's six ships. You end up having like, I think you'll have two shots at I-5 and potentially three shots at I-7 and one shot at I-6. You just roll up. Most of those ships are rolling three dice after they've applied their pilot effects. For example, DT takes a strain, Scorch takes a stress. If you range control well, your first engagement will be at range one as you just dive something <laughs> and you're just throwing a load of dice at something and nothing survives. It's really strong. And the worst thing is your initiative six could be wiped off if you get it wrong. I think his uh, list stopped Dale's list doing what he wanted to do because Dale was flying the new Sunter. Yeah. I mean, because Sunter likes to shoot at six or reposition out of things, but if you've got so many arcs, you can't reposition out of all of them if he catches you. And then Soontir likes to shoot first and then barrel roll out. He's got nowhere to go. But he, yeah. I know he's, he ran this in the Bristol Store Championship, which was the first store champer I picked to FO up again, and I didn't play him. But I looked at it and I was like, that is filthy. That is, <laughs> if you know how to fly that well, it's got some meta pieces, but the list in its entirety is not a meta choice. It will catch people out. Because it's another one that you it. can't just pick up, isn't it? No, you need practice. So the stream game between him and Tom in top four was absolutely phenomenal because it literally came down to the last turn and the last throw of the dice. And what? card did tom flip over from a concussion missile that was on ray you know there was like so many permutations where you know something just happens and the ship dies it's a, and it's just a video like, record of me knocking a ship as well <laughs> and shout out to chivers for coming helping me because uh it, it was a right nightmare you were struggling and he, he stepped up no he, he what it was was we nudged the y-wing that the ship was going to bump into we're like, oh no, where's it going to go? And he suddenly just pops up and goes, why don't you just move it back from where the bomb was? And we worked it out from where the bomb was to where it should be. Nice, nice. But no, so it was very helpful. And he come and help with fingers because we needed more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't I wasn't there for that one, but I have yeah. seen people saying, you know, yes, there was this kind of nine pairs of hands on the table sort of thing going <laughs> yeah, on at one point. <laughs> it's like, can you just put a finger on literally everything that's on the board, please? <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. So, like, it's a huge congratulations as well to Tim. Like, I have to give massive props to him because he's been part of the X-wing community since he was about eight, and he's now eighteen and he's at university and he's travelled for eight hours to come up. I think to he's the actually open. nineteen. I think he. Anyway, he's he's now he's now at university and he's travelled from university in Plymouth for like eight hours. Met up with his family halfway and then like come the rest of the way because he was like, I don't want to miss this big event. Um, and you know he's done an amazing run to top four and he's been so close to hitting final table with that list basically as you said earlier ben that he's designed himself yeah um and i think when you look at it at first you kind of go it's a bit of a swarm plus an ace but there's no i6 that you really care about so like good ace play should be able and then you realize that null is there just actually making half of the list i6 um 
you know, or I7, sorry, because, you know, not forgetting that Midnight and Scorch can chain three ships to six and Null can be off making Kylo shoot at seven. Why not? You know, there's other options than just, you know, doing the the, the FO train, you know, but Kylo comes in and it's like, well, Null's still alive, so I guess I'll make Kylo seven, which means that my print three hits attack is going to come in at I7 um, and you're going to be sad. So, also for him, he, he uh, his final game was knocking his dad out of court. Yes. Um, yeah. To show that his dad that now he is the man of the house. <laughs> so, uh, That's right. As pairings got announced, I was walking down and they like I was walking past them as they found out. Yeah. And they told me, and I just turned to Tim and I went, mess him up. <laughs> in not in those way, not in those words. It was very uh, using language I'm more familiar with. Um, <laughs> but Rich just looked at me, and went, "Thanks, Liam," and I was like, "No worries. Enjoy it." And he went, "It's your fault. He's flying FO. He was Imperials before he started speaking to you." And he went, "It's nice. He's got a nice role model now." And then I just walked off. <laughs> It was funny watching his dad like stand near the TO desk trying to see how it was doing because he didn't want to go over and distract him. So I had to keep sneaking over for him and looking at the scores. <laughs> funny. Um, right, just to quickly touch through um, a little bit of stuff about faction interaction and that kind of stuff. So um, other than the fact that we had two separatists, we had, uh, I think it was six people played scum. Um yeah, that looks about right. Yeah, six people played Scum, and then we had... Uh, we didn't even we... mention that about the um, King of Swiss. No, we didn't. We didn't. So King of Swiss, I, I have it written down here to talk about King of Swiss. Um, <laughs> so just faction representation, we had two people played Separatists, uh, six people played Scum, and then the other five factions were basically evenly represented. Um, according to the stats that we've got. So some people haven't put the lists in in a way that Pattern Analyzer has been able to extract the faction. So, uh, But we've got kind of 17, 18, 16 across um, Rebels, Resistance, Empire, First Order, and Republic. So that was cool. Um, nice bit of a distribution. The most taken ship was the T-65. Oh, no, that's just Rebels. <laughs> and do all factions. Was the least taken ship a Vulture? Um or a Nantex. Uh, well, 50% of all Separatist lists had a, had a Nantex in them, so I don't know what that tells you. I mean, there was only a single iteration of it, though. <laughs> what? Um, yeah, we are just going to quickly talk about the, um, the the scum list. So this list went, uh, Rob Smith, came, King of Swiss, went 5-0 and um, with, I think, nothing that anybody expected to be at the top of the top of the table at the end of day one. So it had Serasu, which is an M3A interceptor with cutthroat swarm tactical plasma torpedoes. It had Dirge in a thingy. What's it called, Liam? Blast. That's the one. Uh, with cutthroat marksmanship, proton cannons, and contraband cybernetics. So cutthroat is already telling me that this is full of filth. Um, plasma <laughs> torpedoes uh, on Lee Mackay with R4B11. Um, that's the droid that allows you to re-roll things or to target your friends r4b11 uh so r4b11 allows you to spend a red token on your opponent to re-roll two of their no i think it's any amount of their green dice that they've just rolled in defense 
Okay. When you perform an attack, you may remove one orange or red token from the defender to reroll any number of defense dice. Okay. So you force your opponent to reroll their dice for your plasma torpedoes. Um, yep. And then Dace Bone Arm with a shield upgrade on Moldy Crow and the Lander Calrissian. So leveraging those multiple focus tokens for rerolls. And then Manaru in a Jump Master with Cutthroat, Jamming Beam, Han Solo, Overtuned Modulators, and Punishing One. So lots of tokens for Manaru to hand out if she wants to, or more realistically, to use for herself. I mean, it's a scum salad and I don't understand how it works or how it went 5-0, and other than Rob played exceptionally well all day and beat a lot of very good players with it. So Yeah. Yeah, well done. He didn't, he didn't even have an easy run through. That's what... No. Better. Like, he beat some really good players. Yeah, like his... His, his strength game of schedule was relatively close as well. Yeah, his strength of schedule was 1.92. And his cut game was against Martin Chivers. So Martin is an exceptional player. So, yeah, I I don't really understand how he's done it, but he's done it. And, yeah, well done. Really, really well done. Um, Yeah, he beat Dom Flanagan and Dale Cromwell on his way to 5-0. and So in rounds four and five. So they're two very, very strong players. Um, so yeah, he had a rough day, but still won all of his games. Massive, massive props to Rob, and he decided on uh, Sunday afternoon. I think in top four, Louis um, Leong finally broke him down, and he bought a ticket for um, Adepticon um, <laughs> and signed up for the waitlist for the last chance qualifier. So he's basically just just decided yeah i'm gonna go so it's gonna be interesting to see how his uh his scum thing does in uh in chicago quite looking forward to it so yeah Did, like do you, either of you get that like or any of you even sorry tim um get that because i can't brain it but you know i don't think it's i think it's another one of those it's not autopilot right no it's definitely not an autopilot list but I don't understand how it works, I'm not going to lie. I looked at it and just expected it to have a bad day, in all honesty. Yeah, and it had the opposite. Yeah. All right, cool. Right, um, I'm a couple of minutes late for an NCX game, so uh, I'm going to uh, start to bring us to a close. Uh, so uh, in terms of shout-outs, I'm expecting this to go on longer than it normally does. So, Ben, have you any shout-outs you want to do? Yeah, because you're in a bit of a rush, I'll just keep it quick. I just thank everyone for coming. And obviously thank um, Johnny and Sean for helping all day with me. Um, it made it really easy. And Sean, Sean's put a lot of work in. He, he doesn't like to say it, but his spreadsheet is a lifesaver. Yeah. And also to Will, because I missed him. Yeah. Um, Liam, anything from you? Uh, I just want a big shout out to all my opponents. Uh, a big... Special shout out to Ale, uh, who came from Spain. Uh, he bought me a nice, beautifully painted three um, Cad Bane model because he knows he's my red eyed boy. <laughs> and that was a, 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 a great gesture. And it was it was just nice to have people come over, seek me out, say hello, just spend time drinking with people. Drinking too much, but it's can can you actually drink too much? Yes, 
No. Liam, Liam's living proof. Liam is living proof that you can drink too much. <laughs> no, that's living proof. His parents drank too much. <laughs> It'd hurt more if it wasn't true. <laughs> but no, it's just one of these events where I can come down. I was able to switch off this year and just not care, but still have a great time, play some good X-Wing and just spend time around uh, a load of great people. And as you said, Rich, I didn't get to speak to everyone I wanted to speak to. I'm happy I avoided Tom Fields and Matt Coggins for as long as I did. Um, but no, it was great. I really enjoyed it. And I can't wait for next year. All right, cool. Um, and of course, Board and Brum, right? Yeah, they did let me out. And I will give an actual special uh, thank you to Adam as well for getting me to and from the event and <laughs> dealing with my hangover. The Sunday morning of cut, he really wanted to stay in bed. So uh, obviously because we had like different beds, I got up and found this really long pillow and just beat him until he got up. So so he wasn't late. So it's teamwork. Teamwork makes the dream work. Let's go. Yeah, but I have no uh, dreams. <laughs> All right, Tim, what about you? Any shout-outs? Yeah, so I, I did a post on the um, Star Wars X-Wing UK, Ireland, and Beyond post. That covers, you know, a lot of it. Uh, you know, obviously, opponents, and everyone they sort of said hello. And obviously, the guys behind running the event, I think they all did a cracking job. Um, but a big shout-out to uh, John and Michaela at Cogo2, um, who um, were furnishing me with some acrylic bits and bobs, which basically completed uh, everything that I'd uh, lost um from belgium so thank you very much to both of them for talking me out with those and making my list look all pretty again yeah cool um i'm just gonna rattle off um i've already shouted out my opponents um i want to massively um thank toby um harris for giving me a tie fighter model because when i opened my felt air bag one of my tie fighters had just basically disintegrated so um he just kind of said i've got one and loaned me that so that was lovely of him um, and it was a rebel thing. one no that was my own one he, oh was it like, it's one. a beads one no no that was my one oh, um sorry it was the other one that broke don't worry he offered me it but i was like no don't give me both if i have two sabine's ties i'll get confused as to which one's sabine um, <laughs> oh sorry your list had two i was mistaken did, yeah that. um then uh, also to Farcast to Nick um, Dom and Pond um, and to the uh, the best baronet Nicky and to Ollie Pocknell and to anybody else who did some commentating um, to help to bring the event to life for, for people around the world. So um, massive thanks again to staff at Element. So Rupert, Tom, Boris and Andy, who were the staff that were working over the weekend, um, did a cracking job of looking after us um, and making sure that we had everything. Um, reiterate thanks to Koga2. Um, for all of the prize support they sorted out for us it was great um and again ryan coyle from eccentric for the absolutely amazing diorama that we had a lot of fun with everybody all weekend basically <laughs> taking pictures of the ships on it and um kind of ogling it and looking at it and so many people who weren't even playing at the event who were like staff or visiting were just coming over and going what is that that is so cool well, so one of the um, staff guys saw it and asked where it was from and found him on Facebook because he obviously wants to get something off him at some point. Yeah, so that was <laughs> like, it's amazing. Um, it was lovely to see Will Pintar again, who's popped in after he's got out of the army, he's retired, he's going to be joining us back again, hopefully on Tuesday nights and playing a little bit of X-Wing with us, so that's going to be cool. Um, I want to do another shout-out for Sean because in the run-up 
you hear a lot from me but Sean is in the background and we do a lot of work together but I'm just the one sending the emails and he's stopping us from overspending so that it it's costs stopping us money. you from being naughty stopping me from buying <laughs> 50, 53 different best best bounty hunter prizes because um, I keep saying cool things they go no I would have that for best bounty hunter and it's like you've already got one stop trying to buy another one <laughs> um and also thanks to demetrius who um gave me a lovely lovely uh bottle lovely present basically a bottle of um strong greek liquor um that uh he was just like had brought over to, just to say basically thank you for um helping to well for sorting out the event and for sorting him out with um tickets and all that kind of stuff um uh, because he got covid when they went live so he was worried he wasn't going to get there and he has to book the knolls and anyway he he did a completely unnecessary but very welcome gesture of of giving me a bottle of spirits which i will enjoy at some point um so huge you said you was going to put it up for the church tombola not allowed to the methodist <laughs> church doesn't allow alcohol at tombolas oh. um, so the um you the other so thing lame. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, catholic church is much cooler no um, it's not oh. uh, so um the other thing that i want to do is just to actually thank there was 113 players at the event and i was one of them so i want to thank the 112 players they came to the event and actually made it the biggest Sithic group we've ever done um, and the biggest event in the UK in the last 12 months. So um, actually probably in the last three years. Um, so um, it means a lot to us, It like that you actually come. It means a lot to us that like people from down the road come as much as people from the States come as well. So um, yeah, it's just crazy. Like it makes me really thankful for the community um so yeah massive shout out to all 112 people who came to play in the event including tim and liam who are right here so thank you very much don't forget um, onyx squadron as well oh yeah onyx squadron need a huge thanks because they basically sent us packs and packs and packs of their cards and yeah some people were like what are these what whatever and then by the end of the day they were walking around with stacks trying to trade with each other and it was yeah Packets of them were really professionally done, weren't they? Like I yeah. expected them to be a bit like homemade, you know, the actual packets, but they were so well done. They were, they were amazing. They were amazing. There's so many um, people who probably listen to this now that owe me so many cards. <laughs> You're gonna have to just set up that trade channel, Liam, that you were talking about. Well, they've already taken their trades, just haven't taken what I wanted from them. <laughs> Uh, like a and obviously a shout out for you know we touched it briefly atomic mass games uh also gave us a load of stuff as well yeah we got a load of stuff last world they gave us piles and piles of stuff. Well, we got the, well, we got the extra box didn't we from uh london gt yeah Over yeah so well. everybody came up and said why have you got all of those uh, games uh world's qualifier jedi cards like in stacks of them and we were like uh we got them from Chris at London GT, and now they're here. And they're like, Can I have them? I was like, Yeah. And they were just like taking one of each and having the set. And they were like, Cool. <laughs> Thanks. It's like, Yeah. As I said, I don't think we'll ever have a bounty table like the one we had um, ever again. But um, we, we we'll, said we'll that try. last year, though. <laughs> uh, I know. But yeah, well, we'll try. We'll, we'll try our best. Um, cool. So on that note, um, I'm going to wrap us up. Um, Thank you very much again, guys, uh, for like helping me out with getting everything done. And I'll say goodbye from Tim. Goodbye. Uh, goodbye from Liam. Toodles. 
goodbye from TO Extraordinaire this year, Ben. <laughs> bye. And goodbye from me. See you soon. Bye bye. Ich liebe dich, Titan. Sie muss nicht schön sein. Sie muss nicht klug sein. Nein, sie muss nicht reich sein. Kein Modell mit langen Schritten. Hello there and welcome to the post-open episode of the Sith Taker Snap. Hey, hey! Snapshots podcast. You just said the snap. Hey, hey! I did. (laughs) (laughs) Shall we start again then? I think let's start again. I need to knock that that volume down a little bit anyway, so I'll do that now. It's a new name for the beer poos, that is, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Right, let's go.